Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode, <laughs> big smile there from Omar, 179 of the All Dolphins podcast on this Friday, December 29th, 2023. Before we acknowledge a player with a jersey number corresponding to the episode number, I'm going to give a shout out to my mom celebrating her 92nd birthday today. Congratulations. Uh, nice, too. 92, more than likely she'll ever she'll never see this podcast, but just in the unlikely event, love you, Mom, uh, where I got a lot of my personality traits, so address all complaints to Pupar, Nicole, P.O. Box. <laughs> uh, so our player recognition tip of the hat today is actually more of a historical little lesson here because the first go-around, we actually talked about Wayne Moore and John Giesler who probably were the two best players to wear that number. So this is going to be more on the lines of perhaps significant moments in Dolphin history. A former first-round pick who wore 79 for the Dolphins, unfortunately didn't really pan out. It was Don Shula's final number one pick, an offensive tackle from the University of Houston by the name of Billy Milner. Damn, I knew I was so close. Yeah. Yeah. Was traded to the St. Louis Rams in the middle of his second season for tight end Troy Drayton. That was a good trade. It was a very good trade, and Billy Milner's career fizzled. He didn't make it past two seasons in the NFL. Um, somebody related to him, and I don't remember who it was. This is 28 years ago. Reached out to me after at the time to indicate that there were shoulder problems, and that's what caused the lackluster performance he had during his time with the Dolphins. So that's the deal. And also today, it's December 29th, on this date in Dolphin history. And this comes up because a little while back when the Dolphins had their tough loss against Tennessee, somebody hit me up on Twitter saying, where would I put that among the most depressing Dolphin losses? And the one that immediately came to mind to me was December 29th, 2002. Dolphins leading New England 24-13, five minutes left to clinch a playoff spot. And they lost 27-24 in overtime got knocked out of the playoffs. That was the year Ricky led the NFL in rushing. So that takes care of that business. Now well, let's forward back to 2023 and today's final injury report day. Right, Omar? Yeah. You look dazed. Huh? You look dazed. Like, what's going on? Uh, nothing. Final injury report day. Um, Tyreek's playing. Woohoo! Uh, Jalen Waddle is not playing. Bummer. Let's go. Woo-hoo and wah-wah. Robert Hunt. Robert Hunt is quite is um doubtful. doubtful. 
um, did participate in a in a more spirited practice than he had previously done. Um, my thought was that he might be activated, but not playing. Um, uh, no clue what he looked like today, but obviously he's not ready for that. Maybe he ramps it up a little bit more in the season finale. So for the Bills, uh, I think at this point we should set the goal to have Robert Hunt back for the playoffs. Whenever that round starts, and it would certainly benefit the Dolphins to win against Buffalo so that you increase the chances of getting that first round by. Um, another guy who is listed as questionable and has been listed as questionable for quite a couple weeks, at least two, three, uh, is Javon Holland. He ramped it up, participate. He's always been questionable. Nah, he might have been dropped to doubtful one time. Good. Don't you look it up. It's not I even. I have, have the sheets right in front of me. And again, maybe, um, maybe I'll be able to read them this time. Listen. Uh, one, two, I, three, four, fifth grade week is questionable. He might have been downgraded on Saturday on one of those day, one of those weeks. No, because I print out on Saturday when they're done when there are downgrades. Okay. Um, I think he plays. I think that he possibly returns to the lineup. Um, and it's been a month with his MCL sprains, which have been two. Um, he's being very cautious about how he brings himself back and how much he pushes himself. And, and Mike McDaniels, basically, I don't trust him. Um, so it, it's looking like he's closer to the lineup. Either he's in the lineup this week replacing Brandon Jones, or he's in the lineup next week. Agreed. I don't have anything of major significance. It, it, But it just goes to show you that, again, this is five weeks in a row he's been questionable, you know, uh, and he hasn't played yet. So, I, I, honestly, I don't know. I'm 50-50 I'm on that one. And we're, we're kind of burying the lead here on the injury report, and that's because, in case you haven't heard yet, there's a new name on it, and that's Jalen Ramsey who hasn't been on the injury report. I can't recall the last time. And no, I'm not going to go through the papers, but it's been a while. He he was on it early on in his return with a knee. He was on it. Now, he yeah, was correct. always. It's automatic when you're coming back from IR. But I'm saying once he returned to the lineup, I don't know if he's ever been on it. Now he's popped up on Friday with the knee, listed as questionable. And look, we don't know what happened. The fact that it's he's popping up on Friday, usually that suggests something happened in practice. Um, and we also don't know the severity of the injury. We don't know which knee. We don't know which knee. It's, it would be it would have to be something catastrophic for them to immediately rule him out if he pops up on the last day. So I think I think it's safe to put him as questionable. You find out whether or not they're swelling tomorrow. Correct. That kind of it indicates and updates where he is. Um, you know, you, you just never know. He's not the only cornerback. Xavier Howard's questionable all, with a hip and a thumb. He's played with the thumb all year. Um, whether or not it got worse or better or re-aggravated, I don't know. But he's had a thumb injury all year. Um, now, the hip is something that he's been playing with for, I believe, the past two games. Um, no, was last week his first time back? That was a Brandon Jones special, the Tennessee game. Oh, wow. A Brandon Jones special. So, yes, he's played. That's too bad he's wiped out. No, he's played one game. So he sat out the Jets game and then returned yeah. against Dallas. Um, but you, you don't know. We don't know the status of both cornerbacks. Obviously, they're going to be needed this week against Zay Flowers and um, Odell Beckham. 
who is the primary weapons for Lamar Jackson. So we will find out. We will definitely find out what what what's going on. Um, but if they are not able to play, then Eli Apple and Nick Needham will have to step up and and have a heavier workload. The Dolphins absolutely will need him, right? Sorry, superstar. Right, Omar, superstar. Uh, yeah, superstar. He hasn't he hasn't made a superstar or... play yet, but yeah. Okay. And the thing with Jalen Ramsey, and this is where on Saturday in afternoon, more often than not around the four o'clock hour, uh, this is where the Dolphins will announce their moves, their elevations from the practice squad, as well as whether there are any injury updates on Saturday with players being downgraded. This is one of those. We, we don't want to see anything of that nature on Saturday. But again, depending on the nature of what's going on with Ramsey, it's possible that he'll get you know, more tests done tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they hopefully they don't even they don't even need any tests, and he's perfectly fine. They're just putting him there to be thorough. But if there's something were to happen, and if there was something of any kind of significance, that's the the process that would happen there. So, um, uh, those are they're not the only players on the injury report. Unfortunately, we mentioned how the 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 players we have not mentioned include Lester Cotton, Liam Eikenberg, both of them questionable, and also Raheem Mostert listed as questionable. And I know Mike McDaniel has been very adamant at saying at every turn, Raheem's tough. I would not a tree I want to climb. However, he's been on the injury report every week, missed practice time every week, but usually never gets a game status designation. This time he's listed as questionable. Whether that there's that means there's any cause for concern about his availability, I don't know. I'm just stating the fact. Okay. Uh Devon Achan too with the turf toe. Um he's he's got no game status designation. Okay, so that that lets us know one of the major and our chosen Robbie Chosen mm-hmm. is out of the concussion protocol and is the first Dolphins player to clear it in one week. Um, I would love to tell you that Robbie Chosen is a very pivotal player, especially if uh, Jalen Ramsey does not play because he's a spacer. In you mean Waddle? Huh? I'm sorry, not Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Jalen Wa- We got a lot of Jalens on this team. I apologize. Yes. Uh, um, J- Jalen Waddle does not play because he's what's classified as a spacer in terms of a guy who can stretch the field, keep you vertically, um, keep you challenged vertically. Um, with putting a safety over the top, which is very important for this Miami Dolphins offense. Obviously, they have two spacers on the field. Um, I'm not saying that he's going to play every play. I'm not saying he's going to play a significant amount of plays. But the last time that they played without uh, without Jalen Waddle was the Denver game. And even though how'd that, Rob- work, how'd that work out for them? Oh, sorry. <laughs> seventy points, seventy burger. Um, even though Robbie Chosen played a lot of the snaps late in game, um, he did do a lot of packages early in games as well, early in that game as well. Um, and that's just because that's part of their base stuff. There are certain looks that they have that that basically they need that threat of speed. And do you want Robbie Cho- oh, Robbie Chosen out there running those deep routes or do you want Braxton Barrios or River Craycraft or Cedric Wilson or Chase Claypool? So, um, come on now. What, what, what do you mean, come on now? Well, obviously, you want chosen for for the deep routes. Oh, you want him now, now. You want to disrespect him every week. Tell, say he's going to be cut every week. He's still here. 
Okay, but here's the thing, though. Let's not, as you like to say, let's, let's not pretend not. he runs the same variety of routes as Jalen Waddle because Jalen Waddle, in addition to no. being able to go over the top, also does a lot of good work underneath. Oh, ho, ho. so when Robbie just got that concussion, he wasn't running an underneath route? Put some respect on that man's name. That was a 29-yard catch. It was down huh? the field. It was down the field. But it was it was an underneath route, a drag across the middle of the field. Yes, it was. It yeah, was but it was – dude, did you have how many, like, short right? Are you going to argue the point that Jalen Waddle runs better routes overall? No. no, but don't act like Robbie's running one route. Don't, no, don't, don't, don't act like that. that. They're not the same receiver. And for anybody who, who would poo-poo the loss of, of Jalen Waddle, two things I want to say. One, again, let's not forget he had like 100 catches for 100 – sorry, 11 catches for 170 yards against the – and two touchdowns, including the game winner against the Ravens last year. And it was him and Wa- and Tyreek who just gave the Ravens secondary nightmares the entire day. And the Dolphins obviously can't duplicate that. However, this is not to suggest they can't have success. Please explain to me why we're talking about this game, this week's game, not, not last game. And you want to consistently throughout the week Keep bringing up this magical performance that they had. That game is so old. Why do we need to bring it up? It's not even the same Ravens defense. I completely agree with you there. However, history, was it what's how there's a saying go that history is the best predictor of the future? And here's the other thing, too, is you tell me how it how is that now more relevant than trying to guess, first of all, exactly what game plan is each team going to have because guess what we're not inside those meeting rooms they're not telling us okay so basically what you look you look at is what's happened in the past in the recent past that could have some relevance and if you want to flush what happened in week two last year as completely utterly irrelevant go for it to me i think there's some merit to it and there's also some merit to the fact you could go back two years when the dolphins went blitz crazy or on Lamar Jackson, and guess what? They smothered them the entire night. Are they going to do that Sunday? No, but they could. Could they throw some of it at Lamar the way they did that night? Yeah, maybe. That's why, to me, I don't flush recent meetings down the toilet like you do, my friend. Or maybe, or maybe that's why they call me poop. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> um that was classic uh, thank you it, i have it, no idea what that means but it sounded funny it's 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 irrelevant it's irrelevant like it's it's not gonna if if anything all that performance does is get used by motivation used by harbaugh for motivation all week like yeah, we don't think the number one sees enough for motivation really no, 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 no. You always got to, you always got to, this enemy did this to you. Look what they did to you last year. Look how they embarrassed you. And I've, I've heard that the Ravens used that game as a catalyst last season. We, we, we had discussed that on hard knocks with our boy. Uh, what is it, Tony? On Todd. behind enemy lines. We discussed Todd. it on behind it. Hmm? Todd. Todd. I'm sorry. What, what what are you shaking your head in shame for? You called him Tony. I apologize. I Todd Karpovich. Todd Karpovich. Behind Enemy Lines. Sports.com. 
behind enemy lines, good episode. Always important to get to know your opponent by watching that episode. I'll be retweeting it later on this week, this weekend. Um, so I don't, please tell me how that game is relevant. Why you keep bringing it up. I just told you, Jesus. I mean, okay. Well, yeah, they're not going to be blitzing. Watson, say what? They're not going to be blitzing. Come on. I think they'll they'll throw a bit blitzing in there. Vic Fangio sounded terrified of Lamar Jackson this week. Of course, I'm not allowed to bring this up because it's irrelevant, but I'll, I will tell everybody else and not you. Hold on. How do I do it? Here we go. Lamar Jackson had a 79 t- touchdown run against the Dolphins in last year's game, but that doesn't matter because it's a new year. Oh, my God. Lamar runs for touchdowns? Whoa, I didn't know that. Like, I detect some sarcasm there. Broken broken plays, broken aside. Like, Okay. Well, that's the thing, and here's the thing. The, the biggest key when the Dolphins are rushing is to be very disciplined, and that means, for example, Bradley Chubb and Andrew Van Ginkle from the outside, they need to be careful about not rushing too wide and give Lamar a very easy inside lane, a big lane inside of them to get into open space. And this is where the sack production might go down, and you're going to accept that if it means that he doesn't get loose in the secondary because you don't want him in open space. You don't want anybody in open space. You certainly don't want a guy who runs like a 4-1 or whatever whatever the hell he runs. I mean, the guy's a joke. I mean, how fast he is. Is that relevant? No, it's it's relevant. I mean, okay, well, let me make sure. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know I needed to review last, last year's game for me to actually know that Lamar is dangerous in space and you don't need to over-pursue your rush lane. What a surprise! Like shocker, there. Oh, you want to play that game? Okay. <laughs> it's you keep bringing up like every every minute. It's like oh, bring up last year's game. Bring up last year's game. Let me write about last year's game. Okay, last year's game. It's cute. You won a game. Okay, it was the beginning of Tua's phenomenal era. Like okay, let's turn the page. Let's 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 actually get to let's be phenomenal now. Turn, okay. turn the page. In that, in that case, let's go ahead and talk about the offensive line because we haven't done it in a while. <laughs> well, well, we do have some injuries on the offensive line. Spoke to Austin Jackson. Uh, that was a joke. No, let's not talk about the offensive line. You don't want. You don't want to up. Look at look at look at the disrespect here. Everybody it's, it's, is it's, it's hurt. Intended, it's intended for you, not for the offensive line. Because yes, I do respect the offensive line. Unlike some of the comments suggested, yes, I do respect it. Just Everybody because- on that unit is hurt. More than half of them are on their injury report, and you just. Oh well, they'll be okay. They'll figure Robert it out. Jones is not on the injury report, so there. You've watched him walk. <laughs> not on the injury report. Okay, have you watched him walk? Is it relevant how he walks if he's not on the injury report? Yeah, it's relevant how he. That's going to be our word of the day, by the way. Relevant. Okay. All right. Re- relevant. Um, Robert Hunt's not back. Uh, Robert Jones is likely going to be starting at right guard. Lester Cotton with the hip injury, even though Poupard doesn't want to talk about the offensive line, he is questionable uh, for for the game. Uh, Teron does not have – Teron doesn't have a questionable status, does he? Or he's he does clear. not. Yeah. He does Teron, not. He's clear. Teron's ready to rock. And Austin Jackson is questionable with his oblique injury. He so said ready. that he, think, he thinks he's ready. He's going to give it a go. He's ready to go. 
ready to play. So now that comes down to the medical clearance. If he doesn't play, then Kendall Lamb will more than likely start another game at right tackle. Um, but I do believe that Austin Jackson is going to get in there and, and going to get some work. We'll, we, we shall see, though. Um, but the major concern that I have is there's nobody behind anybody else. Except for Keon Jonathan, Smith. Jonathan Harrison. At center. Okay. Yeah, and then you can, if need, if need be, in a in a break glass in case of emergency, you can swing out Liam back to guard and put Jonathan Harrison because uh, he looks physically ready to play. Who, Jonathan Harris? Yeah, like damn, does he look physically ready to play? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, but can he make the line calls? Can he? Does he have chemistry with Tua? All that kind of good stuff. Chemistry, stop snapping the ball correctly. I mean, the chemistry, really? Well, you you act like we snapped the ball correctly over here in Miami, and it's no, never an saying, issue. It's I'm only saying, been an issue in like five games this season. I That's fine, but chemistry between a center and a quarterback, just get him the ball when you're snapping. That's your chemistry. I mean. It's not. It's not. It's not like a quarterback receiver where you get a feel for for how the guy runs his route and the. You, the you got to know how Tua wants his ball. Okay, you you, you got to know. Does he want a hard snap? Does he want a, a fast snap with a little with a little soft insertion? You got you got to know. You got to know these things. Did you just say he's got to know how Tua wants his balls? <laughs> Is that what he said? And soft insertion. Yes, I did. Uh, uh, listen. Like get your mind out the gutter. Get focused. Oh, that reminds me of the SNL skid with the sweaty balls, but um, what might mean? Let's talk about receivers since you you want to ignore the line and their issues because you always ignore the line and their issues because they don't matter to you. They only matter to me. No, um, it's not that they don't matter to me. It's like what are we going to say right now that we haven't said for the past four days already? It's like they're going. Alldolphins.com. I've got a column up giving there the offensive go. line the respect that they are due, that Poupard absolutely just ignores wrong, wrong. and thinks is not important, that the unit that's held the season all together, giving them their props, their, five, their fifth in rushing this season, they have allowed the second fewest pressures all season, and they've allowed the third fewest sacks all season, and they have a 2,000-yard rushing attack with a running back who's got 21 touchdowns this season. Let's give – and they're doing it with their 11th offensive line combination. Let's give them the respect that they're due, folks. All absolutely. Hat tip, hat tip, even with all those numbers, without any kind of context whatsoever. But absolutely, absolutely deserve a hat What tip. kind of context do you, you – you have put fighting okay. words into this situation. Again, what kind of, what kind of context do you need to water down what the offensive line has produced? What, what, same, what? Conversation, same conversation again. What is this context? Scheme, 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 play calling. Scheme matters. It makes a difference. Let's not pretend like this is. And I, I think <laughs> you may you may have like had the audacity, and no offense to the guys who have done it before, because, yes, they do deserve a hat tip, but you're like calling him better than the 2016 offensive line. I mean – Holy, hold up, brother. Hold up, hold up, hold oh, up. And don't don't throw stats at me because it's oh, no, 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 no. If it were you, you would be throwing stats at me all day when because it's they're me. stats without context. For example, for example, the play calling was completely different. Number one, this was not a quick strike or quick passing game you had in 2016. 
you, did you have a quarterback who could get rid of the ball quickly in 2016? Was Ryan Tannehill really good at getting the ball quick? I'm, ball breathing, quickly? I'm breathing right now and trying to calm myself down. <laughs> Deep there sigh. You breathe in, breath in. Exhale. Oh, my practice. Go ahead. Because um, you've just disrespected. Listen, I have a lot of respect for the unicorns. They were a phenomenal line in 2016. Catalyst that led the Dolphins to a 10 and 6 season. Jay Ajayi, even though he annoyed the crap out of um, Adam Gase, and Adam Gase absolutely despised him. Jay Ajayi was a pro. And that, and fun, I'm sorry. And fun fact, I had the British accent that kept going, coming in and out. <laughs> that is true. <coughs> hey, he, he's a Brit. He, he's allowed to have his accent. He was, he was a Brit who also grew up, like, spent a lot of time in Texas, and he would go from Texas twang to British whenever the situation called for it. Oops, did I say that out loud? That, yes, go ahead. Listen, let, let the man let the man have whatever accent he wants. He has a, a country British accent. It is what it is. Um, that line ran for 1,824 yards, averaged 4. You're doing, it, you're doing it again. Don't, you're don't, doing don't, it don't, again. Don't, no, 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 no. You cannot throw stats at me and then <laughs> you've thrown stats at me all season. And then when I throw stats back at you, you're like, oh, don't bring up stats. Don't bring don't up stats out of context. What, what context am I missing? That they ran the ball ridiculously well this season? That they have it's first of all it's a different kind of running game that they have no nope, crazy outside speed zone. they ran outside zone last year. they ran inside and outside zone last year i'm talking about 2016 yeah i mean yeah 2016 they ran inside and outside zone but for forrester that's his they, game they had crazy speed that they have crazy speed at running back this year is jay jay Ajayi really a, a speed back they also did not have they also did not have the threat at wide receiver like they had last year their passing game was solid <laughs> Nothing special. This passing game opens up everything. They had Landry, Parker, and Stills. That's fine. Do any that, of those, those those weren't those weren't thousand yard receivers? Do any of them open up the offense? Do they any of those are spacers like Hill and Waddle? Candles, uh Kenny Stills was. Did he does he open up an offense a spread out of defense like Hill or Waddle or come close to it? No, but Scored nine touchdowns that season. Let me ask you point blank. Scored nine touchdowns that season. Point blank. And I like it. No, I'm not liking these tilts. Point blank. Do you honestly believe, and this is, again, top hit, great job by the offensive line in 2023. Do you honestly believe the 23 offensive line better than the 2016 offensive line? If everybody was healthy, I would. But they've outperformed the 2016 offensive line. If everybody's healthy, if everybody's healthy, they probably could be better than better than that than the unicorns. The unicorns were phenomenal. Um, they were part of the catalyst that twenty nine sacks that season, and we know Tannehill loved to take a sack, take him a sack. So they were they were part of the reason why that team got to ten and six and made qualify for the playoffs. However, um, I would make the argument and fight you to death that this offensive line is one of the major catalysts behind why this team is as successful as they are, right along with the head coach, right along with Vic Fangio, right along with the defense's 
the, the defense's uh, um, uh, uh, emergence since Jalen Jalen Ramsey has returned, right along with the big play production of Tyreek and 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 and, um, and Jalen Waddle. Everything without the offensive line, none of this would be possible. Because Tua would be under duress, Tua would be hurt, um, and right now Tua is under duress, and they're still making it work. What? Quick passing. They do they a lot of quick they passing. They don't just do quick passing. No, but they do a lot of it, and especially if you recall the Jets game. It was an offense. Yes, now, because, yes, absolutely now, Correct. more so than they did earlier in the year, because they don't have the line to protect. Okay, and, and my argument on that would be that Brandon Albert, Brandon Albert was a Pro Bowl player. Mike Pouncey was a Pro Bowl player. Laramie Tunsil became a Pro Bowl player. Jermon Bushrod was a Pro Bowl player. Uh, and Jawan James was a first-round pick. On this line, even if fully healthy, Teron Armstead is a complete stud Pro Bowl player. Nobody else has ever made the Pro Bowl. Uh, Connor Williams was playing at a Pro Bowl level. Put some respect on him. Okay, but he has still hasn't made a Pro Bowl. And Robert Hunt's like a Pro Bowl type player, but he still has never made a Pro Bowl. And nobody else on the line other than Isaiah Wynn was a first-round pick. Austin Jackson, and Austin Jackson was playing at a Pro Bowl level. And I'm, I'm not saying that he would have finished the year playing at a Pro Bowl level if he was completely healthy, but Austin Jackson was analytically, and I'm not sure if I totally believe in analytics, especially when it comes to offensive line grades, but he was rated a very high uh, offensive tackle in this league. Look, so, they've, they've done a very, very good job. And then whatever, whatever joking or shots you think I take at them, I don't, I respect what they've done. I don't think that their contribution to the success of the offense is quite what you think it is. Okay, uh, but at least I'm consistent. But 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 hat, I'm sorry. I said at least I'm consistent with it. And I'm not. No, you're you're you're. you're I just disagree with you. We okay, disagree. And that's perfectly fine. And yeah. I also think the 2016 offensive line was to me. This is where I would say, I mean, it was upper level when it comes to, to NFL offensive lines. I don't know how many people, maybe outside of you, would say that this 23-year offensive line is upper level in terms of the NFL. You're top five in everything that offensive lines are rated in. But see, again, well, how about, no, the, the pure offensive line stats would be those pass block win rate, run block win rate, and I haven't seen those. And I, I'm I'm – and I believe I, I saw somewhere where they're like 29th in one of those two categories. So again, if you're purely if you're purely going by team stats of what the offense is doing, that to me is not just strictly about offense. Well, this is where to me that's a stat lacking context. Are they doing their job or are they not yes, doing, they're their, doing job? their job? But again, so can they just get a little respect? I already said I gave my hat tip. How many hat tips do you want? Do you want to get another look? There's another hat here, another hat tip. Montreal, okay. <laughs> now it's showing up. Here we go. Come on. Ah. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. I don't want to be dead horse. Huh? Ravens injury report. Ravens injury report. Let's do it. Okay. Yes, they rolled out one player that's cornerback, Jalen Armour Davis, with a concussion. He's not a player who gets a ton of snaps. They also listed five players as questionable, starting with wide receiver Zay Flowers, calf injury. He was limited on Friday. Safety Kyle Ham Hamilton, that's the big one. He did not practice Friday, but they didn't rule him out or even make him doubtful. He's listed as questionable. He's got a knee injury. 
uh, linebacker Delshawn Phillips because of a shoulder injury. He also didn't practice Friday, questionable. Cornerback Brandon Stevens, who's a starter, has an ankle injury, also did not practice Friday and is questionable. And then last one is Kevin Zeitler, Zeitler, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Knee quad, he was a full participant in practice, also listed as questionable. Obviously, the big one is Kyle Hamilton. Yes, and Zay Flowers. Um, I don't know what their, I don't know what their offense looks like. Uh, obviously, it's going to be heavy Lamar, but I don't know what their offense looks like with Zay Flowers not in the lineup. I would assume that they would have to lean on Rashad Bateman a little bit more, maybe maybe Nelson Aguilar, um, who was actually carved up the Miami Dolphins in in recent history. So. Um, I don't know where he is from an injury standpoint. So that that's going to be a very interesting thing to monitor. Um, uh, Zay Flowers is without a doubt a, a major concern, especially if you have injured cornerbacks, because he's got that kind of Tyreek Hill speed and stop-start quickness to him. Um, woo, it'll be interesting to see how the Dolphins perform against this Ravens team that is not only number one in – scoring defense number one in turnovers and number one in sacks production so this is without a doubt the toughest defense that the miami dolphins will face all season and they've got to have a phenomenal game plan what no i was going to point out also that their best pass rusher is a defensive tackle that's justin madubuike who's got i want to say a dozen sacks so that's going to be some heavy work for your interior offensive lineman Liam, uh, right guard Robert Jones, who's a better run blocker and is a pass protector, and that's the guy. And then Jadavion Clowney uh, also has had a little bit of a career resurgence with the Ravens, had a really, really good year. And our good friend Kyle Van Noy, who will be rushing from the outside. He usually comes in from the right side of the offensive line, which means either Austin Jackson or Kendall Lamb will be charged with stopping and defending our good friend. Your good friend. Um, I don't think he was a good friend to anybody in the media. Yes, Kyle Van Not. Let's hope he does not have a good game. Um, Let's talk about this receiver unit and how do they compensate for the absence of Jalen Waddell. Um, Now, we know they lit up the Broncos with 70 points in the game that Jalen Waddell was absent, but... Um, each of these wide receivers have different skill sets uh, and will be asked to do more. Um, I am quite surprised that uh, Cedric Wilson has had the emergence that he's had this season and props to him for really showing up and showing out. Um, I, he's playing over Chase Claypool because he's outperforming him on a weekly basis in practice. But today Mike McDaniel talked about, Hey, uh, Chase Claypool is practicing well, and we might have to lean more on some of those packages, blah, 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 blah. Um, do you think that Chase Claypool plays an elevated role with Jalen Waddle out, or do you see this being a Cedric Wilson game with a little sprinkling in here and there of Chosen? Not a, not a ton of Chosen. I mean, I'm looking at the the – the game book here from the Denver game, mm-hmm. two or three, 309 yards that day, 157 to Tyreek, 60 to Raheem Mostert, mm-hmm. 30 to Devon Achan. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, so you're looking for the backs to get more heavily involved in the pass. Yeah, and I think and I think Durham after the game he had last week, I think he he could you know get become a regular in the passing game, and then maybe Barrios. I mean, it, but it's still going to be Tyreek centric. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, that's that's the Dolphins See, bread especially butter. especially if you have um, you know how Harbaugh's style is. It's a in your face, punch you in the mouth. If I'm Harbaugh, I'm bracketing Tyreek and giving everybody else one-on-one coverage and letting you beat me. Um, we've also learned that it doesn't necessarily benefit a team to blitz Tua because he's generally going to carve you up um, if the protection is right. Um, we don't know if the protection is going to be right. So uh, it could be a very interesting strategy. Baltimore, they are no slouches when it comes to the defense and the style that they play. It's actually one of my favorite styles. Um, <clears throat> I expect them to do uh, take a lot of Tyreek out and do a Bill Belichick and force you to force force the team to beat you left-handed. And and, and, and I, here and here is the thing, Omar, where you would say again, last year is irrelevant, but you would think that the defensive coordinator who was in who was in his second game in charge last year, Mike McDonald, may go back to that tape or that video, whatever whatever you want to call it. And okay, what we did last year against Tyreek didn't work. We're going to do something else, and we're going to make damn sure he doesn't kill us like he did last year, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, and if they have Kyle Hamilton, by the way, just know this is a guy who is going to be all over the place. They use him to blitz. They use him in coverage. I mean, there was a great play last week on, on Monday night, actually, where he came in on a blitz, got chop blocked, drew a flag on the play. The play continued. He gets up, and he catches a deflected pass for the pick. I mean, that was pretty impressive stuff. But they use him in a lot of different ways. He's one of those like do it all type safeties. Uh, uh, John Harbaugh, I saw his comment today. Like, is basically he's going to do whatever he can to get out there. If he can play, he can play. It could be that he that he's active, but you know, just plays spot snaps here and there. Um, Marlon Hem- Humphrey, the other cornerback or one of the two cornerbacks, is a is a kind of a ball hawk, but he can be had in coverage. Uh, and I can't imagine that the, the Ravens would want him to cover Tyreek one-on-one because they can't cover – nobody can cover Tyreek one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So the the Kyle Hamilton is is really the key. Obviously, he's one of the best safeties in the league. So uh, certainly it's going to be beneficial for, for the Ravens to have him out there on the field. But it's December. Bodies go down. This is what happens in December football. So – Everybody needs to put on their big boy pants and 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 suck it up and 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 make it happen for the team. Um, epic game. Pretty much a lot of things on the line. AFC's number one seed. Um, it is in and it is probably. I'm gonna say this. It with a very careful wording, so Poupard doesn't come back at me and say Tyreek. Uh, probably will be a. MVP disqualifying game uh, where the loser is pretty much out of the race and out of candidacy. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and whether or not with all the chips in the table, the Dolphins are able to put themselves in the ideal situation and position that could help them finish the season exactly where they want to be. See, I was a good boy. I didn't even say anything. Uh, and here's the up-to-date playoff picture after Cleveland won last night to clinch a playoff berth. Mm-hmm. It's, very, it's crystal clear. The Dolphins win their final two games. 
They're the number one seed. They lose against Baltimore. They cannot be the number one seed. They go one and one. They're at worst the number two seed. They can be the they can be the number one seed by going one and one if they win at Baltimore, lose against Buffalo, and then it would require Baltimore to lose against Pittsburgh in Week 18 and Cleveland to lose at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So that's how the and then it would become a two-way tie with the Dolphins in Baltimore, and the Dolphins would have the tiebreaker, obviously, under the scenario of win and then lose. All of that hurts my brain, but we will, we will, I will let it marinate in there. Um, you know how to find our work, alldolphins.com for free. Subscribe to the podcast. This you don't have to subscribe for. It's it's just it's just you go, you click on it, and you get all the stories and coverages that you want. Um, we will be back tomorrow for a live podcast show. Um, we have not even discussed the time. That would probably be important. Um, but we will announce it on Twitter and put the link on Twitter when we've determined what time we're going to be doing this live show. Um, so on that note, look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow. Love you. Respect you. Have a great weekend. If you're not coming back until maybe after the game, which we'll be doing a live podcast immediately after the game. Um, if you're not coming back after the game, have a happy and merry and safe New Year's Eve. Uh, make responsible decisions uh, and kiss your family and tell them that you love them because that's important as well. And begin the new year on a great note. So 2024 is right around the corner. And hopefully that's the year that the Miami Dolphins are making a Super Bowl push. Thanks, everyone. And my final word here is to, to stay consistent with the theme of the day. Stay relevant, my friends. Stay relevant. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.